0: From our soundstage and auditory office to your hearts and ears across the globe, the following has been crafted with care for your listening ears. Good morning, good day, or good evening. And welcome to the prolonged preseason of 54 Lights. For those just joining, or those joining as a matter of habit, remember that this season we're diving headfirst into the deep end, dedicating each and every episode to seeing one corner of the African continent. That's right, we're going to march the African map and all 54 countries in it, one story at a time. This journey is one that's designed through the lens of an African whose bias and basis is markedly off-continent. That is to say that my universal disclaimer for this show is that it's done from the perspective of an African in diaspora. Now that term, Africa in diaspora, is one that I first heard of from a friend who's a fellow creative, a fellow podcaster, actually far from a fellow contemporary. For you see, Dr. Patience Adamu is not only my next guest, but she's one of the most intelligent and creative minds in the podcasting space. Her work is intriguing, informative, and inspirational. She operates on a higher ground, designing shows that are wildly accessible and brilliantly sophisticated all at once. From hyphenated to The Drip to BBW, she's raising an impressive collection of broadcasts that are turning heads, hearts, and obviously ears onto her prolific powers as a podcaster. What better way to prepare our auditory palates for the road ahead? Now, without further a ramble, let's lean in and listen up to my next episode, Africa and Diaspora. Featuring Dr. Patience Adam. You captured that that whole concept of Africa in diaspora for our shows, right? Yeah. Like, like, like this whole concept of like we are looking at Africa in diaspora. We're speaking to people who are from the motherland but who are not on the like they're not yeah. on the continent. Their feet aren't on the ground. Yeah. And there's a very different like it, it it's kind of slowly occurring to me how different that perception is and that reality is, right yes. and the like the gap, yeah, like I thought the chasm was was smaller, but it feels why, like it,
1: why did you think the why did you think the the gap was smaller?
0: you know i you know, I think I just never thought of it okay. to be honest about it like i like ignorantly speaking, I was sort of like, yeah, we're all you know we're all from home, we're all from home, we're all from home, and yet coming back to like your show like the hyphenated show. It was funny that when I started listening to Hyphenated, um, I was like, which you got to bring back, by the way, <laughs> was that, hey, like, I'm not really Malawian because I've never lived in Malawi. And then I'm like, I'm not really Ethiopian. I was born there, but I only lived there till I was, you know, yay high. And so I'm like, I'm kind of Canadian, but I'm in a way, I'm I'm homeless. Yes. You know what I mean? So that's why for me, I was like, oh, Hyphenated is a. It just blew my mind in terms of the brilliance of the show and the concept because it's like, yep, this is a hyphenated existence yes. where I find home in in three different places, yes, exactly. and yet I find home in none.
1: Nowhere. Yes. Yes. So that's it. That that I, I'm so glad that you get it. You know, people for for so long were like, oh, why did you call it hyphenated? Why did you call it hyphenated? Like, it's kind of something you have to feel. You have to feel displaced. To understand that there's something about the the immigrant or the third country kid or the second generation experience that is unique. That is truly, truly unique. And I think not enough people tap into that lens because nuance is so difficult, you know? If people want to talk in black and white. People don't like to talk in the if and 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 the either and the or. So, yeah. Yeah. I love
0: the way you say that. You have to be displaced.
1: Yeah, that's like that's that's
0: that's a really, I don't know. Like it's, it's it's mind-boggling, and I like it's it's silly for this revelation to have taken so long. But it's something that I know that it just took a lot of time to understand and unpack what that means mm-hmm. for my lack of for my displacement. Right? Like I wrote uh... displaced on the wall here. That's why I'm looking at the wall. But mm-hmm. it's like that idea of like of of understanding what that means for my emotional health oh. for my like um my familial relationships yes. right because i've got family who's at home and they kind of like see me as an outsider it, yes. in a sense and yet the groundingness of being here so that idea of being displaced is yeah. is um like it, it comes in waves right so i guess when you're when you're looking at the shows that you've created mm-hmm. right and right now we're talking what like four shows technically <laughs>
1: I, I guess.
0: Yes, you're a, you're a media mogul. I mean, you, <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: you are. Come I, on. I do see myself as a storyteller, and I think because of how I kind of live my life out loud on 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 the on podcasts, essentially, I I, I create a new well, whenever I have a new kind of experience or a new set of ideas, I do start a, a new podcast. <laughs> whoa because
0: well, I mean, you've got okay so you got four shows let's run it down for everybody right now so you've got you've got the drip
1: i've got the drip which i which i co-host with um curtis vermont which th- that podcast started off being about political decision making at, at the beginning of the pandemic when i was particularly worried about uh what politicians were going to do when they were operating within a state of emergency so they don't need to vote like, no one needs to vote in the House. They can make decisions unilaterally. So that was what that was about. about. It has evolved to mm-hmm. be more about current issues from a Black millennial lens. Yeah. Um, and then I have my, 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 my second show, The Love of My Life, hyphenated the podcast. Which was born out of my PhD, where I was doing work on uh, a, a concept, a theory that I had that when you're a racial minority and you speak the official languages of a country, that you maybe are going to be good enough. Um, so in Canada, are uh, um, the, the French Canadians? are desperately trying to maintain and preserve their language so they go all over the world to countries of la francophonie and they try to get other french people to come to the country so the Mm. question that my my phd dissertation asked was is it enough to be french if you are black like will you be accepted as a french person as a french man as a french woman if if you speak french but you're also black the answer to the question, I'm sure you're not gonna be surprised. No, you're not gonna be accepted. No, it isn't enough. No. You have to be white or white passing and French yeah. in order to be accepted. Um, and then that 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 kind of hyphenation Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah. that kind of, of hyphenated identity and being um, black and being French and examining the overlapping of those two minority groups was what um, kind of born the idea of, of hyphenating the podcast because there's so many examples of that. So right now, I don't know if you watch a lot of TV, but on Netflix right now, the show The Circle, the latest season has I gotta this... watch this. Everybody's talking about this now. You have to talk. Yeah, you have to watch it. Um, the, the one of the one of my favorite people on the show is a black deaf woman, and I'm like, this is. Yeah. Again, be, just the the overlapping. So she's Black, she's, yeah. a, she's a woman, a Black woman, and she's she's Deaf. Yeah. And what people sometimes don't realize is that Deaf culture is its own thing. Like, yeah. uh, ra- aside from being, uh, aside from Deafness as a disability, Deaf folks have a culture. They have universities. They have... Like, it's... um Tangible in a way? Yeah, exactly. It's it's tangible mm. in a way that other um, groups of people with disability haven't really gotten to mm. yet. Mm. Um, so it's just so beautiful to to see that I would love... To, she's someone I would love to talk to, even though she's maybe not African, but I'd love to talk to her about that that mixing of experiences and things of that nature. Sorry. And then I have BBW. Uh, yes. And there's kind of a BBW in its original era, which was actually about body positivity. Okay. And about living your life when you you don't look like um, the standard of of beauty in terms of body, so it was it was about yeah. So,
0: so BBW was the, the acronym was big, uh, big beautiful and winning, right? Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. So that was version one of it was about that, and then I got pregnant and essentially <laughs> created a different podcast out of it, and it's BBW the pregnancy series where I I talk about. Um, my journey of being this very kind of obedient African daughter who did everything that her parents told her to do, right? Went to university, got straight A's, did my master's, got straight A's, did my PhD, got straight A's. And then at the end of the day, after my second engagement failed, I said, forget this, Mm. get pregnant. And it's the story of that. (laughs) It's the chronicling of that. Yes. Yes, I think a lot of people can can really relate to. Yes, that. even if they haven't done it, they can relate to like one day just being like That's forget it. all these rules about Africa. I'm in Canada. I'm gonna live. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna this live. Is, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna and do this me. this might be like your best show because it felt to me like it was so niche that I should not relate to this show. Mm. But somehow you pulled me in, like you and that's maybe the the brilliance of some of your creativity is that you you find these threads where people who kind of should be far removed who on the face of it shouldn't have any sort of like place in the show yeah uh, or in the broadcast or in the the creation that you've had but you 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 pull this thread and somehow there's a line in so i found a little bit of a line in there because i felt like i could relate to at a high level, the experience, and then I could feel like, oh, there's people in my life who are living what you're living. Yes. And I felt like, oh, I got to tell them about this, but I wanted to tell them about it from a place of education, so I listened to the show, like, do you know what I mean? So it kind of pulled me in in ways that were a little bit unexpected, so I was not your target audience, but I don't think. Hey,
1: that that really speaks to me, to be honest, though, Kunwani, because I, I... You know, I, I put things into the world and you, you never really know like wh- where it's going to land and who it's going to hit. So I'm, I'm glad that there was like a through line there yes. to you and, and to your own experience.
0: Yeah, 100 yeah, percent. And it obviously it was one that when I passed it on to people who were in, you know, women, women of color in particular, but women in general who were kind of going through what you were going through, it was it was uh, I think it obviously resonated maybe more with them, but there was that through line. There was that like, and it was in some cases faint and in some cases really, really robust and and thick and rich and, and pulled me in. And so anyways, like that's, that's fantastic. There's another one though. there's another show. Are, are you considering BBW like season two differently?
1: Well, yeah, I, I do consider it differently. I, I am working on something. What, what we're trying to do in terms of branding is we're trying to keep it very hopeful, light. Yes. We're, we're gonna start telling stories about getting your pick, you know, kind of getting yeah. to that point where uh, m- maybe it's not not always gonna be marriage, you know, but, yeah. but people who are thriving in relationship. Yeah, and we're still kind of thinking through what what is that going to be, but yeah, I do consider BBW season one and BBW the pregnancy series as completely different podcasts. I should have they given it a different name. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So one of the really interesting things coming right back to like where I was was talking to you, is this this concept of Africa and diaspora, right? Yeah. Um, and sorry, I meandered quite a bit there, but the um, I wanted the audience to get a framing of who who, who Patience was on this as a creator. So this idea of Africa in Diaspora, like why did you come up with that terminology and and how have you applied it to like maybe your shows? Are you looking at your shows and saying this is a show for Africa in Diaspora or are you are you not even looking at the audience when you're creating these shows? Are you just saying are you looking at it from an internal perspective as a creator?
1: I only create from where I'm at. So I don't always think about audience. Yeah, but that being like with, with that in mind, I do think that being an African in, di- in, in diaspora is a a location, like a social location, that Africans who are on the content can one day get to, and oftentimes they'll want to listen to our stories because they. they They don't have a a good understanding of what that would look like for them when they, let's say they're, you know, 16 years old, applying to go to university abroad. They want to get a sense of what that, what that looks like.
0: Um,
1: For my, my, my first cousins who are back home, they listen to my podcast all the time and they, they, they think that it gives them a lot of perspective, right? So they think that Canada, Canada is the new like heaven, you know? It's going Everything is great. You can work. Um, my my cousins in particular we're, were Nigerian. My cousins in particular feel as if they are victims of their circumstance. Mm-hmm. And by listening to Africans in diaspora, they they can they are hearing what Africans are like without that circumstance, without having to worry about if light is gonna work. Without yeah. having to worry about, you know, right now in, in Nigeria, we're having some issues with, like, government employees getting paid. Like, yeah. like, like yeah. all of these kind of circumstantial things. So mm. they, they get a chance to, to to think about that. But then they also get a chance to to listen to what racism is. They don't know what racism is. Yeah. So I, I think I love the kind of niche or the intersection point that I make content at because I do find it accessible for all Africans.
0: I was Africans. just about to say, that's the, the really interesting um, point you just raised because I had never actually thought about it. And that's where I was going with one of the questions was to say, I thought Africa in diaspora was was so particular now that it actually is sort of like Africa in diaspora for diaspora. Mm-hmm. But what you're arguing yeah. with convincingly is that no. th- this is really for all Africans, yes, right? Yeah. Because there's there's something very interesting to be gleaned from this type of content from an African who is um, on the continent, as that's well true. as those who are without it, right? Like that's yeah. that's what that's what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely, I love the having conversations with you because I like it, it allows me to unpack this stuff in a in a far more cerebral way. Yeah. You should probably get a PhD in something like. Yeah. <laughs> For those who cannot hear, we are talking to to doctor patients Adamu right now. By the way, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> done and done. Oh no, I love it. I love it. So th- this is why is it weird? Sorry, why is it weird that it's, you're a doctor? It's
1: doctor like now? it's like one of those things that growing up, I only had uncles that had PhDs. I only had uncles who were doctors, and like now I'm an uncle. You know? I was gonna say now it's you. Now it's you. <laughs>
0: Now, now there's the, the little ones around saying, Oh, that's, that's my, my auntie. No, uh, my auntie yeah. uh, now you're that, that fable, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I love that. I love that. No, well, congratulations on that. I know that was a lot of work that you put into it and you was, it's uh, not that uh, long ago that you, you finally got that, that accreditation, but uh, well, well-deserved and well-earned over time. Um, and I think anybody who's listening can kind of see the brilliance of, of how your mind works. So, Again, coming back to this. So I got I got a really odd question that I've never thought I I don't think I've asked you before. But do you see yourself as as I mean, I know you're a creator. That I think that's 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 an obvious thing. But do you consider yourself as an artist mm. like on that spectrum? And and the reason I ask that is because I in in my simple mind kind of look at artists as the as people who have an ability to be kind of leading conversations. Mm. to be a little bit provocative and and nuanced in how they are looking at the world and and sort of pulling people to pay attention in a different way in some cases when i look at the world of like i guess traditional broadcasting mm-hmm. i see it as more almost like as a a reflection of the world right so it's not necessarily that you're pulling the world in one direction that you're you're not necessarily being a provocateur you're almost being you're pulling up a mirror you know, you're, it's almost like reportage, and in some cases, you're reporting on something that's little and and not not got as much light on it. But it's not being provocative in a creative sense. What do you think about that?
1: <laughs> that is an excellent question. I have never, I have never, uh, I'll be, but yeah, I've never considered myself an artist. I, I, I do. I, I, oh, maybe, I maybe want to say, did I did consider podcasting to be more akin to uh you know journalistic endeavors reporting yeah. but th- th- there's something about what you're saying about being a provocateur that i think lives in each and every one of my podcasts
0: <sighs> it's inherent in it right yeah
1: and not every pot
0: like po- obviously podcasts There, are like so many podcasts out there right now you know you sneeze and you find a podcast but yeah. the, the like even if you look at all four Four point five, yeah, <laughs> of of like of the shows that you're 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 um, you're leading, you know, um, even with Curtis, granted, you know, it's co-leads, mm-hmm. but they are provocative.
1: They are, they are. So I guess there there is there's a bit of art in that. I never. I never thought about that before. It is an interesting
0: thing. I would love for you to just like reflect on that. It would like I mean, we, we always catch up every once in a while. So I'd love to to know where you land on that because it just it just feels different, right? And and coming back again, selfishly speaking, so sorry folks who are listening, but it's that idea of like you provide a through line for me to us to understand and appreciate every one of your shows. And I think that's what artists do. They provide a through line. Now, whether you take it or you don't, that's different. And, you know, in some cases, it's, you know, it's it, it's an affront and it's offensive or whatever. Not offensive, but it's, it's, it, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. But with your shows, they seem to all, like, because I think everybody, like, hyphenated, as an example. I think if you, even if you're not African, like... You can get hyphenated, like it's. I
1: have a lot of I have a lot of non-African listeners to hyphenated, but they all tend to be immigrants, which ah. is something that I, I I think I'd spoken to you about before is like what would hyphenated look like from a, just a different immigrant perspective or a different second-gen perspective where someone is Indian or someone yeah. is Vietnamese or someone right. is Colombian, but they they have the same kind of displacement experience where they where where they start to to, to tell their stories from. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's 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 truly an immigrant place though, I think.
0: Right. Right. Well one hundred percent. And then now with a global society, you know, like it, it that, that is a lot a lot of different people a lot of, yeah. a, a lot of people right a lot of people have been moving around and you know that hyphenated experience I think is relatable all all, all over the place even if you come back to the so maybe so maybe the other pendulum is the show obviously you're working on with Curtis but the drip the drip also feels like it's it's um that maybe it crosses that chasm and I like I don't know how you feel about it how you want it to to be but do you think it do you think that also crosses lines traditional? Yeah. Line, you know? Yes,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Because we're not sometimes when I tell people to listen to the drip, they think that we're reporting on the news. We're mm. not really reporting on the news. We're we're interpreting. We're we're kind of jousting with each other because he tends to be a little bit more conservative than I do, and we're kind of going back and forth about yeah. ideas and experiences and 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 asking questions about like. Who who were they thinking about when they're making these decisions? What does it say about the culture and the moment that we're in right now? So yeah, I I, I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of art in what we do on the drip, and it it shouldn't be taken as the news because it it isn't.
0: It really isn't. Yeah, and it's it's funny. Like I've and that's why I, I find it's I find it it's interesting because it's jumping off point sometimes, yes. is the news, right? Yes. But you, and I find the reason why I also like it is that um, I'm, as I mention to you earlier, I'm not very, um, I go through ebbs and flows in terms of listening to shows. So sometimes I batch listen to them and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so with your show, somebody was like, well, if it's a current, like if it's a current affairs like news show, you're kind of like behind it. And I'm like, actually, I don't, See it as such. It's not like that. Actually, it's not at all. like that at all, yeah. right? So you can consume it a year out, so yes. to speak, right? Yes. And it's still sort of like, yeah, it's grounded from like it's jumping it's
1: off, about off the ideas, not yeah. about now. It's about yes, now. and these ideas are are like long lasting, right? Like we're going to be talking about uh, not to you know bring some kind of jarring, but we're, we're going to be talking about like abortion for a really long time. We're going to be talking about the the Pope and his. <laughs> Uh, apologizing to indigenous communities for a long time. Yes. The the news is today but the ideas are they,
0: they transcend. Yes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's that's uh, and it's um those are real real conversations that will take time to unpack and continue to unpack. Yeah. So, anyways, um listen, I I don't have too much more time with you but i do want to ask this whole idea of of where to next when it comes to this idea of of you know africa and diaspora I'm, I'm really sort of like enthralled by it but i know i spoke to somebody in 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 the course of doing my show which is which is going to be coming up uh with a rwandan uh and a brilliant rwandan photographer who's rwandan european i forget whether she's swiss or not but there's a hyphenated coming in now yes. she was talking about a lot of people that she knows, and I forget the term, who are returning to the continent. So not brain, the opposite of the brain drain, right? Like, it's yes. the, the, I forget what the, what the coin was. And so, again, through the lens of Africa in diaspora, like, what does, what does the content you produce, how do you think that appeals to people who have left, who have left the, dia, the, the diaspora and now who said, no, I want to go back to Nigeria. I want to go back to Malawi, Ethiopia, South Africa. And and I want to reclaim uh, or return home. Do you think the content that you're building resonates with them? And in, if so, and I think the answer is yes, but like how so?
1: The thing about coming to the West is that when you go back home, like you can never forget what you, you learned. A lot of my uncles are now retired in Nigeria
0: the doctors? Um,
1: the doctors. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and
1: sorry. You can't, uh, well, you sorry, I was going to say you can't unlearn. But guess you, you can. Um, but there's a lot that, there's a lot of um, exposure and ways of, of, of living that they can't forget about. Yeah. And so even though they're happy to be, you know, in their large homes in Nigeria, you know, living this, like, not really seasons. They don't really have seasons. It's just hot all the time and wearing flip-flops to, to the library to read. They're, they're loving that life, but they still love the ideas. They love the the innovation. They love the, the capacity for transformation. They want to be tapped in so that they remain sharp. You can't get rid of that displacement. So you, you, you left Malawi. You came to Canada. You go back to Malawi you will still feel displaced by Malawi. Yeah. That, the, the third time they shut off the, the, the power that day, you will be like, they would, this would have never have happened in, in Toronto. You know? <laughs> There's these little things that, that will bother you, that won't bother people around you or people who haven't left the country or didn't spend time where you were in, in, in the West. And, and you will feel you you'll feel ruptured by that a bit. And I think that's, that's where these stories live is in that that space of, um, of non- or unbelonging. Uh, so absolutely, I think, yes, these podcasts that are made by Africans in diaspora are great even for uh, those who have left and, and gone back home, that that Sankofa
0: thing. Dr. Patience Adamu, everybody.
1: <laughs> on, the, on the spot. God, what would happen if you
0: weren't put on the spot?
1: <laughs> oh! Next time, give the questions
0: beforehand. I to... okay, if I give you the questions beforehand, it, this just might be too poetic. I'm just kidding. Set it to music. Um, but listen, I, thank you so much for your perspective. I think uh, it's always important for me to 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 talk to you just to recalibrate myself, but also to recalibrate myself in the context of building a show and trying to do what I'm doing and what and, and just to hear what you're doing. Um, in life and in podcasting and in art and in all of the, the 50 million different ways that you impact this world. Doctor, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: So there you have it. The conversation continues. Thank you for joining us on this journey and I hope that you're ready for the next. In studio in the coming weeks, you're going to hear more conversations about audiences, about Africans, and about allies. And you'll hear this from creatives around the world as we prepare for our march of the African map. Part of this show was recorded and produced at the Soundstage and Auditory Office of 54 Lights. And while our stage is small, our lights together shine brightly. Before I go, a special shout out and enormous gratitude goes to you, the listener, for lending us your ears. My name again is Kandwani. Here's hoping you find yourself in every play. Remember, it's been fierce, and yet it's only just begun. Until we speak again, thank you for listening.